Hey everybody, it's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. And then there were two, two episodes of LOI Central left in what was a pretty amazing 2021, although I think 2022 might be pretty good as well, in association with FutureTicketing.ie. We have two buddies on the show today with Johnny Ward and Dan McDonald, uh, and that is Shane Supple, who's obviously involved in a goalkeeping capacity with Bowes and St. Kevin's, and Ian Morris, who rather um, hilariously summed up his uh, awarding of the first division manager of the year at the PFAI Awards the other night, of course, is no longer Shelburne manager. Um, and strangely enough, Dan, since last week, it's kind of been like a phony war or something. Not that much has actually happened on the managerial front. Kev Doherty got the drugs job. Gary Cronin has gone in um, at Longford. Um, don't think anything they're, they're, not, they're not phony things. They're things that actually happened. Uh, okay, so the, apart from those, in terms of Pats and Dundalk, being a bit of a phony war. Um, yeah, no, I think so. Um, no, I, sh- I should say, by the way, we are we are in association with our friends at Future Ticketing and we have two shows to go with this year. We did do some false advertising last week by saying this would be our last show, but we're actually doing two more. We're just um, dragging the life out of it. Well, it's because we're both still in our own version of solitary confinement, really, aren't we? So, um, What's going on with you? Well, I mean... Yeah, everyone in the house. Everyone in the house has COVID now, including me. So, um, yeah. So I'm not. I am. I'm. I've not been going anywhere, um, and and won't be for at least another week. But you know, you can look on the bright side and say you're getting it all out of the way before Christmas. But um, I still wouldn't recommend it to anyone really. But it has. It has to be done. There seems to be a lot of people struggling with it at the moment. So I'm sure there's people listening to us in the same scenario. So. Um, yeah, what's Tell us what it? your ailments are. Are you, do you? Has your taste gone? Is your is your? No, no, no. My better half now. She's lost her sense of um, um, lost her sense of smell. But sure, some people would say her taste was always dodgy. You know, hey. um, hey, but um, <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I know not not yet. But I mean, it's possible. Like if it goes in the same trajectory as hers, that could happen in a day or so. But. Uh, hopefully, like because I was the last person in the line to get it, um, it mightn't be as serious. But as I said, like it's there's no there's people going through sort of uh, very very bad doses. So I'm not going to take out the violin and say this is a serious one at all. At this stage, it doesn't appear to be. But um, so to roundabout way to your roundabout answer to your previous point, the phony war. Yeah, and no, I, I know. Listen, I know what you're saying in the sense that I think people up in the dock are probably getting angsty that there's no there's been no announcement yet, um, and. I suppose St. Pat's did their, their holding announcement, which was obviously the holding announcement of Tim Clancy as joining the management team when, um, you know, I think he, it's pretty obvious he's the he's going to be in Stephen O'Donnell's role. And then um, Gareth so Kelleher we'll and Chris Forrester hand in hand as a Richmond Park. Yeah, yeah. And emboldened Gareth Kelleher. I, I think you'll see things become a bit clearer by the weekend um, with this scenario. And we'll see, um, I, you know, Stephen O'Donnell obviously did his resigning state on Friday, which uh, I suppose a lot of people were sort of um, responding to as, ah, he's resigning. How can you resign if you don't have a contract and stuff? Now, I suppose I can only, and, and you have to be sure, I, I'm, I'm not sure if I've ever sort of written the whole out of contract line. To me, the, 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 that's not really the issue, although it's obviously going to be a difficult one for him to explain um, when, he, when, when it's discussed some stage about an option in his contract. The point, the point which I think this will come down to is the extent to which he was tied into a contract or not and, and what the process would have been in the event of looking to leave because 
I'm sure anyone out there who has some kind of employment contract, um, you know, there's there's something in the contract about, say, a process you have to go through, whether it be months notice or a couple of months notice or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and I, I think that that's probably going to be the more significant point to this than than whether there was an option to extend or not. So I think, um, but but clearly I think both sides seem to seem to have a degree of legal confidence. But I would suspect like Stephen O'Donnell resigned on last Friday. I think the days are sorry. Yeah, yeah, because it was Friday because the PFI awards were on um, around the time. So um, you know, I, I think I suppose when a week has passed, we'll we'll sort of see what the scenario might be there. But um, I suspect I suspect Stephen O'Donnell is finding this um I suspect he's finding it tough enough as well because he's kind of brought on a lot of path players to a new level, I think. Um including the likes of Chris Forrester, who's now signed a new deal at St. Pat's. And a lot of people will think that he should have stuck this out and essentially like brought them to the next level again rather than hop off to Dundalk um, very hastily after a cup final. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I saw Conan Byrne, who obviously is a strong link with St. Pat's, and he was sort of saying he could understand, you know, why at the same time O'Donnell might have a certain degree of loyalty towards Dundalk because I mean his career was going nowhere when he when he went there in twenty thirteen. Yeah. Um, but I I do see the argument, and I think like it's it's you know when you build something um and you and and you as I said you look at the scenes on the pitch after the final um and it looks like such a united group you know and the song that they were playing in the dressing room after every game this year and, and then you go but I, I did make this point in the newsletter last week when I mean, you think about Stephen Kenny was the absolute master of going somewhere and people would love him and then he would leave you know and mm. he pretty much did that everywhere along the way you know where he had a good time um, well, uh, but the point he didn't have a good time there. I'm saying no. all the places where he had a good time, you know, Longford, Derry, Dundalk. Um, you know, he, he built you know Derry twice, like he built something, but then he, he did eventually sort of look after number one by leaving, and that's um, effectively what O'Donnell has done. But um, I think you know the, there seems to be a degree of confidence that they'll keep a number of players. Although Cameron Dummigan has gone to Derry. Brandon Cavan has gone to Derry since we've been there last. So um, I think people will want to see some announcements, but I'd be surprised if you saw much. Um, we're speaking now Wednesday. Um, I would have thought it'd be probably the weekend before you start to see see stuff happening. But um, I, it seems like as well, um, naturally enough, a lot of players have gone away on holidays at the end of the season. Um, you know, they would have booked to go away or to do something either straight after the league season and straight after the cup final in, in whatever case. So I think it's a bit of a, like it is busy, but I think you're more likely to see, like a, there's, there's only discussions and conversations sort of happening this week and maybe it's actually more so next week, the week before Christmas, we see more announcements and um, more lots of, lots of stuff. Did, did you say before we before we go to the lads, did you say on air, just or you said off air to me beforehand, have Waterford broken their... Twitter silence. Is this what well, you're saying? They didn't, but the owner did. Um, and if I may, I, I think he's already getting some rather critical responses as well on the old uh, tweet machine, Dan. Um, so the owner, Mr. Forrest, said, and I quote, um, guys, it's all in hand. We are working nonstop, which is followed by three commas. It's great you, as in you, the letter, all want to know what's happening. It's all happening behind the scenes. Two commas. N, I'm glad you all want to know, three commas, be very soon with managers, three commas, club kit is almost done. And by the way, 
Don't worry, Bose fans, we will get to the New Jersey. Two commas, then season tickets. Three commas, it's all very positive. Two commas. The only positive here, Dan, is your COVID situation. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I mean, come on. Sometimes people of a, of a certain generation just, uh, they, you know, they're not, they're not the most prolific texters. So you can't that really appall- That grammar is appalling. It's absolutely appalling. Anyway, what's yeah. he saying to the Waterford fans here? Should they be, should they be happy? Well, I, I think he did do an interview with locally with Adrian Flanagan last week, I think, to suggest the club will be staying full time. Um, and, you know, that's probably good news. I mean, like there's going to be a nine-team first division next year. We haven't really covered the break cabin Tealy thing on the pod. It just got lost in between a lot of other stories that happened. So, um, you know, th- th- there is going to be a full-time Waterford next year. Th- they're the one club, am I mistaken, that doesn't have a manager at the moment because everyone else sort of, all the other positions have been filled or head coaches, whatever, insert your own job. Does Bray, does Bray have a manager? And, yeah, Devil's sure, Pat Devlin. Is he his actual Devlin, manager yeah. then, yeah? Oh, he's back as a sort of the, the Dom figure. The Dom. You know? so, um, the devil never seems to age. He just seems to be that same age for the last 50 years, more or less. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, I mean, is it possible he was around 16 when they won the cup that time? <laughs> and it was just, he just didn't actually realise it. Um, I don't know. Yeah, he has, he has sort of had that sort of uh, non-aging quality. Um, but yeah, yeah, like the, the um, I don't know. We'll see what water for what type of appointment they go for. You know, will they will they will they go for an English appointment again or a UK appointment and tap into that network? You know, what players will be re-signed? Maybe um, they bring Mark Burton back. Well, I don't think that's going to be happening. I'd be surprised if that was the case. Um, but yeah, the break Hallow thing. I mean, we should mention that. I mean, although I think in some respects, I think. We had some. I had some correspondence from people saying you need to look into this or do some more of it. But I think maybe some of the anger has been, and I could be mistaken, and people can contact us. The fact that they're keeping the Bray Wanderer's name, I think, has probably taken some of the heat out of it. Whereas I think they've been presented as Bray Cavantini or Cavantini mm. Bray or you know, East Coast FC or whatever. Um, you know, I think there would have been a lot more contention. Whereas to be honest, you know, uh, the, the same name remaining while the trading company changes is very much a classic League of Ireland trope. I mean, everyone's done it in some shape or form. And um, someone was telling me that, um, you know, the, 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 I wasn't at the press conference on Friday because I said I've been in quarantine or isolation, if you want to call it. But they were saying there was a lot of um, Devlin era Bray photos back up in the press conference room or Beautiful. around the place, which I think had been missing before. So um, it's, it's yeah, it's it's more of a sort of a, it's a it's a return rather than a sort of a, a massive sort of consumption of one club by the other, maybe. And as you say, Dan, we will be back next week. We will actually talk about that more in depth next week because uh, we'll have our kind of a, our final show of the year and we'll just talk about everything that's been... Have happened in the meantime. That's the classic thing that people say. You hope them and say, come back, we'll talk about it next week, and then we don't. But yeah. I mean, we will try. We'll try. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm reading the Charlie Hawhey book at the moment. I'm absolutely immersed. And when, when Charlie was given um, a request from somebody over a letter that was completely unworkable, he'd say, "Oh, I'll look into this immediately," and he just would do nothing about it. And um, so we will not talk about Cabo and Bray next week. Let's get to subs and tomorrow. Yeah, welcome to Ian Morris and Shane Supple. I'm not going to lie, Morrow, you're just hailing Dan's general journalistic qualities um, and all the stories that he's been breaking the last while. He's got more moles than such and such. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Unbe- ink isn't even dry at some stages and he has it out on uh, social media. And and the beauty of this is that you're hated by people in certain quarters for doing this, Dan. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, no, there's been some interesting feedback in the last couple of weeks, Johnny, I have to say. Um, not all of it fair. Maybe some Bose? of it is fair, I don't know. What about, what about Bose? Bose? You're slagged about Bose as well. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, did I have a role in them having issues in the cup final or something? I don't know. Um, the only issues uh, in the I, cup I, final were those iconic images of Shane Supple and Longer up in the box because Longer couldn't be on the sideline. A bit like Diego Maradona at a certain game where he was just giving it loads. <laughs> and uh, substitute, yeah. it, didn't, it didn't work out, though. He lost the penalty shootout. <laughs> I'm yet to see these pictures or video, but I hope they don't, they don't turn up, to be honest, because, yeah, I was a few points worse for wear and um, I wasn't actually in the box with Keith I was in the box next to him but I managed to jump the rope to celebrate with him when he scored like so he was on his own so I didn't want to leave and celebrate on his own so so let, let me get yeah. straight you were you were advising Keith Long on on what should go on on the pitch because he obviously was trying to advise down to the pitch you were advising him after a few points at the cup final should have yeah. done the panel yeah. taker yeah. list yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have put Wardy on anyway let me tell you <laughs> well, Wardy, was, Wardy was going to Dundalk anyway, as it turns out <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all, we all knew that. So, yeah, I'm not talking to Wardy anymore. What's going on in your life, Shane Supple? You're getting married next year, bombshell number one. Um, any other bombshells? No other bombshells, really, no. That's not really a bombshell at this stage. It's a couple of, couple of years old now, but yeah, nothing else, Johnny. I'm quite boring these days. Um, apart from tomorrow, when he decides to meet me for a few points, um, there's not much much to write home about. Um, still in all the balls in the coaching, the academy, that, but yeah, I'm coaching out in there in my new county now, County Mead, with the underage teams in the in the county there. So that's about it, really. So you've plenty of time tomorrow to meet them for points anyway? Loads of time. Loads <laughs> of time. Any <laughs> evening, any weekend, Fridays are free. <laughs> what was your line at the PFAI Awards again? Uh, uh, manager of the year, or promotion, win the league, manager of the year, get the bullet. How did the year go for you anyway? It must be a bit hard like to kind of see what's happening now. Shells are making signings, they're in a brilliant Premier Division, and you're sitting here with us on a on a Wednesday. Yeah, it's uh <laughs> it's strange. Strange. Uh it, it did take a couple of weeks for me to wind down now after after the last game. Um obviously we celebrated that weekend and then the Monday morning and that week was kind of like the first time in, in, in years that my phone wasn't ringing every 10 minutes and you're not driving here, there and everywhere to meet people or speaking on contracts or trying to convince players or whatever you, you usually are at in the off-season. So that took a bit of time to wind down. Um, and I've, I obviously work for, for Club Force as well, which has kept me really busy and it's, uh, it's fantastic. It kind of keeps you in the game a little bit as well. Um, so that's that's been productive for me as well. So, so Ian, like, I mean, just, I mean, we'll, we'll just get through it now, like, because obviously, there's, you know, you're, even your comments at the weekend, well, even your comments at the weekend obviously attracted a lot of comments. I mean, when did you get a sense that things were, were changing in the sense that that maybe you wouldn't be in charge um, in, in 2022? Um, I think, I think there was a little thing, a little inkling when we won, we were 17 games unbeaten, our 18th game, we went up to Galway and we were beaten up there. And then I, I got pulled in to, uh, to basically say if I didn't win the next game, there'd be a, a discussion the week after. And I thought, <laughs> if you're going, if you're going to your 18th game and that's your first loss, uh, 
something's not right in the background. So I kind of. Are you kidding me? Yeah, kind of had something in my head there that uh, that something wasn't right. Mm. And how did it play out then in in the weeks that followed that? Then I mean, like, what level? Of, like, was that a constant, ongoing discussion, or was it just sort of, you know, how did it sort of play out from that point on? It, it didn't matter to me, to be honest, because no matter what, I had to get promoted. No matter what, like for me, anyway, for the staff, for the players, that that was the goal we set at the start of the year, and. Even, even for me, longevity in the game, uh, reputation, kind of all of that, like it, it was all about getting promoted and, and adding to one, getting the club back to where where it belongs and, and two, to, for myself was to kind of, that was it, get promoted and, and, and see where you go then, get back to the Premier Division. So nothing had really changed for me or mindset or drive or anything like that. That, that was always the goal. So yeah. Uh, it uh, it wasn't a case of me going all well down tools or anything of the sort. It was nothing had changed. So you, you got to keep keep your own standards and and keep pushing yourself. Hmm. So when did the when did the end come as such? You know the, and I know there was a sort of a, 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 an announcement eventually. You know that it was sort of a, a one of these great sort of mutual agreement type of announcements that you get in football. But when was the actual the the end discussion for you? Uh, that that weekend before before the last game of the season, um, mm. I'd obviously put a couple of things to the club on what I wanted. Um, previously, the previous month, what we needed going forward, what I thought, and uh, the, the obviously the answer came back that that it was time for them to go to go another way. So um, that, that was it. Just over that weekend, we just spoke and and look, I, I left on really good terms, like. You see other managers, and when when they leave a club, or or, or they're not going to be at a club the next year, and, and it can turn really, really sour. Um, like like I was able to walk out, um, really good last game against UCD in terms of the fans, and then mm. I, I shook everyone's hand. I'd still speak to everyone at the club, so it was kind of an, an amicable amicable parting, um, which not everyone gets to have. So in that sense, it, it was okay. Yeah, when you say the club, like who are you dealing with? Because obviously people are looking from the outside and they see a lot of changes at shells and at board level. And obviously Andrew Doyle's a big figure. Alan Caffrey is a big figure. And okay, you have a CEO and, and, and David O'Connor there as well. Like who, who is your point of contact for these discussions? Um, well, uh, uh, the main contact is the owner, is Andrew, and then yeah. the shareholders as well. Um, then you have the club board and... CEO, and then you, you, you've Alan Caffrey, the, the technical director. So I kind of I spoke to Caffo nearly every day, if not every second day. Um, mm. And then anyone else that, that I needed to speak to. So it's there was constant communication. So, uh, but but ultimately the, the shareholders and the owner that they have they have the final say on everything. Mm. So there was no, you know, tr- trying to convince them to go another way. Like did you know did you, was it done by the time you had that last discussion? If you know what I mean, like, or was there any recourse for you to make a case and say, no, I I can take the club X, you know, to, to certain places next year. Yeah, well, that, that that obviously happens. Like I'd already made signings. Like we we we'd signed JJ, we'd signed Shane Farrell. We were talking to Clarkey. Like that was all done. Mm. God. October maybe like that they were all done early I know they were only released recently but but they were all they were all signed and we were already in discussions with with others and 
like we'd been down to the war room. We'd, we'd all our targets for next year put up. We'd our training schedule put up on, on the whiteboard. We'd everything kind of in place. So it, th there was no sense of holding back. Uh, like we were already speaking to players outside the club to, to try to bring them for next year. So I guess it, it, something changed above me. Mm. I, I just going to ask you, Johnny, before Johnny can come in, sorry, that the... Like obviously the, the Damien Duff news was greeted with such excitement by everyone within the League of Ireland and Irish football and we would have done it we would have been a part of it um, you know so I'm not going to run away from that like would have talked about it has been a great boost for the game and all of this um, but I guess there's another side to it like what, what are you feeling when you see all of this when you see the big press conference and the big shells are back type sort of uh, vibe that surrounds a very high profile appointment like what, what are you feeling at that stage um like look Damien's a global name so it's it's always going to attract that amount of attention and that amount of publicity and um and his reputation is is huge so that that was always going to happen um like I suppose there's a lot of people in the background who kind of built the club up into a place where Damien actually would take the job. So th there was a lot of work mm. being done in the background and, and previous people that have been at the club, um, Steve and Dave Henderson, Steve Mulhern behind the scenes, uh, a lot of good people that, that would have had to do a hell of a lot of work to, to bring the club to, to kind of where it is at the minute. And I'm sure they're going to kick on um, even further, but... Like, like I've no animosity or anything there. Like that's I'm not I'm not that way inclined. Um, it, it was always gonna he, he was always gonna draw that much of attention, and he's got a fantastic reputation as a coach. And now he's taking his first manager's gig, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how he adapts. But they they should have a, a really good go at it this year with with the budget and the the investment that's that's gone in. So just just on that, I hadn't heard uh, before just what you know, Morrow was saying there about after the Galway United game. I was at that game and um, Galway United would have had a good budget this year, like would have, I guess, you know, been expected to challenge Shells. Didn't happen in the end, finished second, but Shells, uh, that was a, their only wobble of the season really with end up winning the league in a canter. It's That that is news to me and it, it does seem like it was a bit of a fake complete then at that stage because this was merely a wobble in a, it was essentially a, an absolute, you know, cakewalk of a league title. Yeah, it's madness to think that that, that happened. Um, that I don't know whoever it was to spoke to, tomorrow, but like seventeen games unbeaten, and you know you lose one, you're you're coasting, you know, and to be called in. Yeah, if I was in Morrow's shoes, I'd be thinking, right, my my uh, time is numbered here. Um, but I'd be flabbergasted as to why that would be the case. But obviously, wanted to take the club in a in a different direction for whatever reasons. You know, uh, Morrow, the young manager two promotions in three years um, still learning the game and that so um, yeah I don't know again that's that's football that's why we love it um, but it's some some mad decisions um, made there um, today I can't get my head around that either Johnny there, there's obviously human cost but I think um, the last time I remember when when Bowes played Shells in that unbelievable game Daily Mounted the Cup um, obviously the controversial sending off the 3-2 Danny Mandroyo at the end I remember texting after the game Halen, uh, how well Bose, or sorry, how well Shells have been set up that night, and you were just replying to the effect that Ian Morris is going to be a top class manager. You are mates with him. Um, where do you stand on him now? Because he's obviously coming out of a job that was actually sort of ended in a success, but like he hasn't gotten a job since. No, I think he's, he's done. He's finished. You know, <laughs> that's it done. <laughs> no, like again, he's a young manager, like coming into the game. 
um, massive amount of experience, you know, in his career as a player in the UK and and here, you know, his coaching background, he started, you know, at, at the bottom and and worked his way up. He understands youth youth development and that. Like so so many strings tomorrow's bow. And I'm gonna say that anyway, maybe, but I do believe that. Um it's it's I suppose up to, to him where he wants to go next. Um it's I think it's quite difficult in in, in Ireland to to make a, a living um, out of the game um, at that level when you have decisions that are being made like that by managers. But um, who would want to do that? I don't know. It wouldn't be me. But I definitely think Marta has the personality, the skills to, to be a top manager if he's given the opportunity. But as we know, um, sometimes owners have their mates and you know, or certain people in the club have preferences towards who they want. And maybe that's the right way maybe it's the wrong way because no one's going to question them um, or hold them accountable because they have certain people in place there um, but I, I think Marta is always to offer um, Irish football whatever wherever he goes next and whatever capacity that is so I just hope he stays in the game somewhere along the way yeah, I mean I suppose Ian like one way of looking at it is well you're 34 now Um if you were given your first job now at 34, people would say he's a young manager starting off. So I certainly would. In some, it's, in some ways, like, you know, do you feel whatever happens, the body of experience you have here will, will really stand to you? I mean, you've got three years of management under your belt at this stage, which puts you probably ahead of the curve and to a lot of other people in your sort of generation. Yeah, absolutely. Like the, the lessons that I've learned over the last three years have been incredible. Um, and, the opportunity I had to, to, to get in at 31 and then obviously when, when you get in you have to prove yourself so um, it's like even last year phenomenal learning experience although it was like bottom of the pits it, it's like you can't paper over cracks then you know you get your real learnings there and at 34 being able to have that experience and to, to bring that forward whether it's a manager, a coach, assist, whatever it may be. Like, I'm still young, I'm still learning, I'm still hungry to learn. Um, and look, I, I feel I have something to offer, but um, yeah, if you have any inquiries, go to my agent, Shay, in there after that. Can <laughs> <laughs> I ask you tomorrow? I was at that game last season where Shells beat Sligo Rovers. Um, I was out with Rory Houston at Sligo Piero afterwards. He was absolutely gutted. Shells were more or less celebrating like they'd stayed up. Sligo ended up in Europe. Shells got relegated. Yeah. What went wrong from there? It just collapsed. What went wrong? I, a number of like momentum. It was crazy. That that week was um, that week was mad. Probably the worst feeling I've had was the when Pats got beaten up in Finn Harps. Uh, like watching that game was was horrendous. Like we were looking at it then. Uh, we, we won our we won beat Waterford. We beat Sligo, and then I think Finn Harps had. Bowls away and Pats are home, and we mm. were thinking, how many days? Like if they hadn't have won both of them games, if they even have dropped, if they didn't draw them games, we should have been okay. We were okay, so it was. Uh, yeah, look, we we send them off. I think we four in the last four games, um, and just everything went against us. It was, yeah, it was tough. It was tough. <laughs> Yeah, I just think as a life experience, like if you think about it, Stephen Kenny's Ireland manager at the moment and, and he's been sacked, what, maybe three times, I think, uh, in his career. And like there's very few managers that haven't had that experience. Like it's just it's just part of it. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's weird. It almost feels like 
the time that you would have got sacked would have been last year. If you know what I mean, in the nicest way possible. The, 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 way, the way that the season ended last year, like it looked like the sort of the wheels have come off in those last couple of weeks, as you said, and you probably carried that bad momentum into the playoffs. So in a weird way, it must have been a great boost to be to be retained around that stage because I, I assume you're possibly fearing the discussion then, if you know what I mean. Yeah, like I'm no fool either. Like that discussion was definitely had above me, um, mm. without a shadow, and uh, lucky enough that they that they stuck with me and um, it proved the right decision. So, um, yeah, look, th- this year I really enjoyed this year. The, the staff, the players, fantastic. Like training was always really good. The atmosphere was really good, and um, it's, it's just uh, unfortunate haven't got the chance to build upon it. Are you, are you desperate to get back in? Like, or are you happy to take a little bit of a break? I know these things are out of your degree. It's, it's the nature yeah. of the, the game. But, I, you know, some, sometimes you talk to people who say, God, that was a tough three years or tough, I, I just need to take a break. Like, are you in that mindset or, or would you still, are you still sort of looking to see what's going on, if you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, like I said, the first week, possibly into the second week, ridiculous to wind down like your head's constantly going from one place to the next um we're just not being so busy but like i've obviously working my job with, with club force nine to five and, and that keeps you going but then your evenings uh, and weekends are kind of free and i've never i haven't had that in in, in ever really so i had a it was turned out to be brilliant because i was bringing my son to his football training his football matches i was able to watch us bring my daughter to irish dancing um, and all them things are brilliant because I've never been able to do it before and, and, and the crack and the joy that the, we, we had with the kids and, and they enjoyed it as well. So that, that kind of put like, uh, it showed you the other side, so to speak, that all the things that you kind of miss out on and you don't see. Um, well, like, it's hard to get away from the, the draw of football. Um, that, that, that buzz that you have in a dugout or in training or planning sessions or whatever it may be, uh, that, that's that's hard to, to replace. Would this put you off managing subs? Yeah, I don't want to manage. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> no, there's too much too much politics involved. I'm happy just doing it to be coaching. I need that to the, to the like tomorrow. These guys, no, I wouldn't. Would never fancy management. We, we did try to get Damien Duff on the show today, but when he said no, we got Morrow instead. But um, Sups, um, <laughs> that actually was a joke. Um, Sups, what's going on at both? That was what's like a, a, Johnny. That was I think that was an accidental partridge there, Johnny. Yeah. To be clear, I think there was an accidental partridge needs to be recorded. <laughs> didn't didn't even get Morrow to laugh. Sups, what is going on at both? Obviously, the New Jersey, um, great 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 celebration of the New Jersey. I'm not a fan of a New Jersey every year. I've told that to Daniel Lambert as well. But uh, what's going on at both? Yeah, what's usual? What happens every year? <laughs> Rebuild <laughs> every oh, single year. You got so. one point five million or whatever it is for Darty. Oh. If it's a big run in Europe, how are you rebuilding? Oh, you're gonna have to spend money. You're looking at it now in terms of the money and the, the wages that are out there, and certain uh, what players are certain players are, are demanding, are looking for, are getting offered. Um, and I think now there's a lot more teams in the mix are competing for the same players. There's there's not that amount now. I'd say there's probably. 15 maybe players left available that you know six or seven clubs are feel they have a chance of getting you know Derry have got money now to spend they're signing players Brandon Kavanagh from Shamrock Rovers like you know that that hasn't happened really in the past player from there going going up up there from Dublin um, you know Dundalk Stevie going there Pats 
are going to spend money. Um, shells are obviously competing. So I think bows, unless they're willing to throw a bit more money around, they're going to be fishing in a different pool. Um, you see, they've signed 11 players back. They're potentially losing, you know, some big players that have been around for the last number of years. They're massive in the dressing room when you lose them. Um, so you're not only losing, you're losing them on the pitch, you're losing them around the dressing room in terms of driving standards and that. So I don't know um, what is going to happen, you know, how Keith is going to assemble a, a team capable of competing for Europe next season, which, you know, the fans are demanding now and um, I suppose people expect of Bowes after the last couple of seasons that they've had. So I think this is going to be the toughest one for Keith um, to rebuild that he's had. I think it's interesting you say that, Shane, because you've touched on a point that I think a lot of people are talking about around football, but it hasn't necessarily become a big, massive debate just purely because there's been so much going on with the managers and all the sort of news and all of that, that there, we are now in this situation where, and people are wondering what's the news on X amount these players. There is that sort of small pool of players that have loads of clubs after them. And then the flip side is you saw Dilly Corcoran talking the other day, uh, Taden Fitzmaurice, about the, the maybe the 75% that are sort of signing on or, or, or don't know where they're at. And it is sort of just starting to creep up again, isn't it? Like even in terms of sort of, there's players have two or three clubs going for them. So naturally, the best deal wins out. I mean, that's just that's just the, the football economy sometimes. Like it's it's just slowly creeping up again with the with with Derry's arrival, with Shells maybe going a little bit more full time or whatever you want to call it, um, morning training, uh, and then Doc now shopping in Ireland maybe as opposed to doing some of what they did in recent years. It's sort of getting a bit more congested, but it's it's only good for a couple of players, but potentially can inflate the whole market. Yeah, because the, the world in general at the moment, everything is inflated and you're not maybe getting a, as much bang for your book that you, you would have in the past. And like you're hearing some of the, the numbers being thrown around for certain players. It's probably two to three times what that player would be getting two years ago, you know? Really? Um, but yeah, like some of the, Absolutely, it, yeah. it's crazy. Now again, you don't know if it is all, but you're hearing it from good sources, so you, you would believe it. Um, but we don't Dan have that many players in this country. We don't have that many in this country that five or six teams can be competing for, you know, um, and, and getting that quality of player that can justify that wage, you know, that salary. Um, so are you, are you afraid it, that there's a bit of a dangerous. bust coming ahead again? Like, are you afraid that... I, I, would, be, I would be worried. Yeah. I would be worried, you know, looking at it now, you know, and going forward, I think Steve McGuinness should be worried in the PFAI um, because, yeah, like it's, it's thrown as much as you can at it, you know, for a quick return success and only one or two clubs can maybe get that three clubs if you want or yeah. you know a fourth in, in Europe so like what's the for those other two or three clubs that are throwing massive money at it if you don't get Europe you know um, what's the impact on them you know at the end of the next season you know or during the season can they afford when you know I suppose attendances aren't great or whatever it may be or mm. COVID has another impact like so I, I would be a little bit wary of that what's been going on and you know, what you're hearing is going on I think there's a couple of things I think clubs did have the PUP uh, scheme which was yeah. very helpful and that, and that allowed a couple of clubs probably to push the boat out a bit last year I think another issue as well is that um, Dundalk last year paid out a lot of very good 
one-year contracts to players, you know. But so as a result, when those players are going to other clubs and saying what they were on last year, they're telling the truth. Like, you know mm. what I mean? Like, they, they, they were on um, pretty good one-year deals and they're probably in a situation where they don't want to take a pay cut and then the other clubs probably have to to, to try and match that in some ways. And, and I don't know, there's a few factors that I think are probably driving things up. But like, Ian, you were sort of agreeing there. So, I mean, I know you were probably part of early recruitment have you have you noticed that um, just that there's just the, the 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 sort of the demands of players are just creeping up a small bit? Yeah, absolutely. There's like players are going to make a good living. Uh, some of them, like Shane, Shane alluded to it there. And when when you're starting at the top with them players, obviously, and one thing that's always baffled me in League of Ireland is players talk to each other about how much they're earning. I find it absolutely crazy why you tell people what you're getting or what you're earning. It, 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 honest to God, I, I don't know why people speak about it, uh, their salary or how much they're earning, but because it can work against them as well because if a manager knows, which most managers do, uh, how much they're on or how much they were on and a player tries to pull the wool over, they know where they stand on it. But um is that yeah, ill education or is it that they're not savvy enough or is it just the yeah, thing? Possibly as well. Like I, I'm like a lot of young players in this league don't know how to be footballers. They don't know how to behave because the industry and and the structures beneath don't teach them or show them how to behave or what way to go on, or maybe the advice isn't there, or people that are giving them the advice aren't educated enough to do so. Um so so it is, it, it's it's that whole industry and it, it's educating people and, and giving them the, the right advice for them not for, for whoever's given the advice. Because, like, I wa- like I have been one of those people who's been bigging up the league next season. I think it'll probably be record season ticket sales going into a League of Ireland season. Um, but Bose is a good example. There are going to be some casualties in terms of, like, whether or not managers go or managers stay. You you had a bad season here. You're expecting, say, Sligo finished third. It'll be very hard for them to improve on that. Very hard for Pats to improve in second. And it's going to be hard for Bose as well. There's to name three. Yeah. I think yeah, there's like going to be a lot of clubs who have invested mm. a lot of money this year and I think that the race for Europe is, is going to be mad this year. I really mm. do. There's so much money being spent around the league that when you spend money, the expectation rises. So it is, it's, it's, it's going to be tense <laughs> in the dugouts, to say the least. And I think, like, no disrespect to UCD, but I think a lot of clubs are glad that UCD totally. got promoted into the Premier Division, you know, but um, as we know, like typically they do lose their players around halfway through the season because of the, the college situation there. But um, like, there's a lot of clubs that, you know, looking at them where they are now and the players that are still available, you know, you would be fearful of them um, and where they might end up. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a really interesting season again, going forward. Will it be as competitive as we think it might be? I don't know. I think there might be a few surprises in terms of the, the clubs we'd expect to be up and around there um, looking at them at the moment. And again, what Elaborate. players... Well, I'm not going to say certain clubs, but like, you know, there's probably one or two there that have been knocking on the door in terms of Europe the last couple of years that, that may struggle. And like, where are they going to get their players from? Are they going to have to go into the UK? You know, and mm. we all know what happens. You know, it's very difficult to get a player there to hit the ground running and there's, there's only been a, a few examples maybe in the last couple of years you can say Bowes have done well the likes of Coote I know he had experience prior in the league but Burt 
um, as well. Yaros at, at Pats has, has a fantastic season. But a lot of times, Sligo had issues in the past with lads coming over from, from the UK. Do they really want to be here? And I, I've had a couple of you know, lads I would have played with in the UK that maybe have, are coaching now or coming to the end of their career. And they're asking about salaries in Ireland and they're hearing salaries are decent and that the standard is good. So, but what are their mm. intentions coming over here? Is it just to pick up the wage packet now, you know, and not really contribute or add anything? So that'd be my worry. You know, where yeah. are we going to get, where are those clubs mm. going to get their, their players from? And are they going to have to fish in a different pool, i.e. The, the UK? And, and what are, I suppose, the motivations for those players then coming over? I think that's a very valid point. I mean, I, I think from what I can gather, I think a couple of clubs probably are waiting to play that market in January because as you mentioned, Subs, there's that pool of 12 to 15, 20 players that haven't committed yet. Um, but I think after that, people are going to be going to that market. As you said, it's a bit of a, you know, it's a bit of a gamble to some degree, although I suppose Yaros and Alfie Lewis worked this year and, you know, Liam Burt was a great addition this year for both. So they're good examples. But, um just to go back to Bose, because I mean, in fairness to Bose, one of the big things before the, the cup final was that win or lose, the budget will be the same the next year. That was the big point that Daniel Lambert was making. But I, and I think sometimes I annoy people at Bose when I say this, because you're not trying to like drive them towards doing something they don't want to do. But like did the whole model of sort of being somewhat part-time, although we know that the the players aren't really part-time. You know, there's, there's a couple that wear, a lot of them aren't. But when, when there's a lot of clubs around offering that morning training and the quote-unquote full-time lifestyle, even if it's not necessarily really the real thing in a lot of cases, like, is it possible Bows have to to reassess that, do you think, in any way? Um, yeah. Or, or, or not? I, I, I think they have to. Yeah, definitely at this stage. You know, I think it is going to be a factor in terms of attracting players. Um, if you're thinking about, you know, a lad who's maybe not working or not in college and you're, you're sitting around all day waiting to train, you know, I wouldn't really like that. I like to get my training done and have the rest of the day, you know, you're finished at one, two o'clock maybe, you know, you go for mm. a, a cup of tea or a coffee with the lads then and you go home, have your dinner and in the evening it's a bit more routine, I suppose, and, and normal. Um, but to be sitting around all day uh, and then going to train, I don't think it's attractive for a lot of lads. So I think they definitely need to look at, at that. Um, will it be on a full time basis? You know, every day of the weekend. I don't. It doesn't sound like it's going to be at, at the moment. It has worked in the past with some of the players that they've been able to attract because of their working situations or their college mm. situations. But I think more and more those kind of guys are going out of the league, so it's not as attractive anymore. And the quality of the individual that you're you're going to be, you're not getting that quality of individual you know, who has maybe more of a, a career focus after football and they're kind of planning for that. So it works for them, likes of a book of likes of, um, obviously now with Georgie Kelly, you know, um, the likes of Dets or the likes of myself even, you know, that would have worked and played a bit or would have studied and played a bit, um, you know. So I don't think there's many doing that anymore. So for them to attract players, I think they need to look at going in the full-time model. It also takes the loan market away in the UK. Yeah. Because if, if, yeah. if you're looking, if you're approaching Liverpool or Brighton or whoever it may be, if you're not full time, they're not sending your players to you. So mm. it, it takes that market out of it, which like, like we spoke about, it's a market I think a lot of clubs are going to go to. Ian, just you know, football's a funny old game, and and like the, the, the comments and the goings, it's the big thing people are talking about at the moment. What what did you make of Stephen O'Donnell's decision to to leave Pats and, and go to Dundalk? 
Um, I'm not sure. Stevie obviously has his, his own reasons behind it. Um, like, what's the next step at Pats? Um, is it win the league or retain the cup? Um, Dundalk, will you get more time? I suppose that there's there's a lot of a lot of different variables there. You're going to get time to build, which, <laughs> as a manager, it's always great when you're told you have time to build. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know the ins and outs of it. Um, it. It's coming off the back of a of winning the the cup is. Uh, it, it certainly uh, raised everyone's eyebrows. The, the decision to socks. What do you think? I uh, like again. It's not. It wouldn't be for me. I think you need to have a bit of. I don't know. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes there. Like, but it looked like he was he was staying put. Um, you do hear certain things, but obviously, what's the players? Some of the players not being signed up and all that. I just doesn't look good, doesn't reflect well on the game in terms of the integrity and, and, and honesty there in the game. So, um, yeah, even if it meant wait another year to, to get that move or missing out on that opportunity, I'd rather see a little bit of, I suppose, integrity in the game and that. Um, How do you mean? Well, like, what is it? what's the contract's work like, you know? Like, to people nowadays, we can get out of them easily. I know he mightn't have had one signed or he, they were hoping to sign one, but I just think it's not it's not sending a good message to players either, you know. Um, in terms of you know, you can you can just up up sticks and move. You can you know you don't owe a club anything, you know. And it's uh, it just doesn't sit well with me to be honest. Um, I'd rather see people you know continue to build on what they've done previously, you know, and show a bit of any gratitude towards the club as well. Even if it means missing out on that opportunity for one year, yeah, you know, and I think then you can you can leave with your your held head high and in a better place, you know. Again, I don't know the full ends out of what's going uh, yeah, on. Yeah, I, I think that, that, left, but. that's the point. I think like either Gareth Kelleher or or Stevie O'Donnell's actual first interview where they will reveal what went on here will be like the Lady Diana interview. Like everyone in the League of Ireland will be like, right, I want to hear what actually happened here. One thing I will say for Gareth Keller is not many businessmen in Ireland have put anywhere near as much money as he has put into League of Ireland club, and I I, I definitely think that should be that point to be made. We're running out of time here, Morrow. Um, I have to say, I got off the darts one day there not that long ago in Monkstown and I saw you and I was like geez League of Ireland manager in Monkstown he must be must be lost or going in for a swim you actually live, you actually live in Monkstown it's like what so your things aren't all that bad yeah the, 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 there's two parts to Monkstown uh, so we'll, we'll leave it at that very briefly very briefly it's, it's um, the, the, the English game at the moment there's no country for uh, Irish managers certainly not managers from the Republic of Ireland not that many jobs going around the League of Ireland at the moment either. I imagine Vinnie Perth might be looking for a job now. It's it's not that straightforward. What are you going to do? Myself? Yeah, where do you think you'll go next? Are you hungry to get back into work? Yeah, I, I would be, yeah. Um, it'd have to be kind of the right thing. I've, I've obviously had a few coffees here and there and a couple of conversations, but like, it has to be something worthwhile and... They have to be they have to be doing things right and, and doing things in the right manner and, and have the right kind of um ambition as well. So it's uh, it's not something that I just jump in and take anything that, that came across me uh okay. came across me desk. Um so yeah, I I will see what happens. It has to be a right fit for me and obviously a right fit for the club. Um, lads, it's been brilliant having you on. Um and not not too long to wait until uh, the end of next season. Thanks for million more on subs.
Thanks very much, Thanks, gents. Yeah, we, we'll be back next week, Dan. We've one more show. We'll be in person next week, Johnny, we hope. We're all going to plan. So <laughs> I'll see. COVID by then, but uh, I'll see, I'll, I'll, I'll hopefully I'll be, I'll be hobbling my way to... Uh, it's the one virus you haven't caught. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah we, uh, we, we will mention as well, just the kind of the, the, the decisions, some of the controversial decisions about teams of the year, managers of the year, I think Morrow might have deserved his, and so forth. That was in association with futureticketing.ie. I better not have COVID this time next week.